0: You are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Right, welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and me. And as with every episode, we start off this one sitting at the intent audience, our newcomers to pharmacy informatics and database structures. So, a while ago, we talked about an overview of what a database is and what tables, records, and fields are. And we use a filing cabinet analogy to compare these. So, as a recap, tables are like filing cabinets, records are like papers in the filing cabinet, and fields are the content on the paper. So today we'll actually be going over a few more details on how the actual data is stored. Because of how much information there is and how hard it can be to comprehend for newcomers to the field, I'll actually try to keep this episode as short as I can, but still provide enough information for you to look up after hearing it. So let's talk characters. I'm not talking about disney characters or fictional characters but i'm talking about characters in a formal database term so a character can be defined as pretty much any value such as a number a character um (laughs) i can't use the word to actually define the term i'm trying to define right so but a a number a, a letter a punctuation or a space and when you have a collection of these like a collection of letters and numbers it becomes what's called a character string so for example A, B, C, 1, 2, and 3, they're all single characters, but when you have a term like 365, or you have a word that's uh, apple or oranges, those are all character strings. So characters can have variability associated with them. There's two types. There's fixed length character strings and variable st- character strings. So when the field in the table is defined, it's usually defined to be a container that houses either fixed length or variable length. So if it's a fixed length, that means the values of the specific length must populate that field. So for example, if the fixed length is five letters, then you can only have words in there like apple, paper, watch, and other five-letter words. If this is actually configured as a variable character string, a variable length character string, then it would have a freedom of being populated with different character lengths. So words that are more or less than five characters can actually fit. So moving on, sometimes there are special formats that you need to be aware of when you're looking into these fields. One of them is the date format. If you think about it, how we talk about dates for an event are very specific in, uh, in conversations in addition to just writing, right? So in conversation, we usually express dates as month, day, year, and we also include a time if possible. In relational databases, date fields are also expressed in certain standards. Since dates can be expressed in multiple specific formats, it's important to be aware that dates are considered their own special little niche of formatting. There are a few other definitions you should be aware of when discussing database values. So there's something called float numbers, or also known as real numbers. When a number is considered a float number, it means that the number is expressed with decimal points. So for example, 38.715, that will be considered a float number. On the other hand, there are also numbers known as integers, which are not decimal numbers. Integers are defined as whole numbers only. And this is actually an important distinction because when you look at calculations and databases, whether a result is defined as an integer or a float number can actually impact the subsequent dependent results. Another term to be familiar with is null. Null just means nothing, like literally no value. If a field is null, it means that the field has no information in it and no value stored in it. So you'll need to know this because sometimes when you are trying to look at databases and querying data, you want to find rows that are not null. So what you'd have to do is when you qualify it, you'll say select so-and-so where this column is not null. So now that we talk about some of the types of the data stored, we should go into what some of the data available in the tables mean. So let's continue to talk about um, data with talking about keys. So each table must have certain values called keys. Keys are unique identifiers for that row or record, and there can be primary keys, alternate keys, and foreign keys. Primary keys are required for every single table of data. These primary keys are the main value that refers to the specific record on that table. An example of this could be like an order ID on the orders table of a database. The order ID is a unique identifier specific to that row on the orders table. Alternate keys are pretty much like primary keys, but they are an alternate version in case someone wants to use something other than the primary key. Foreign keys, on the other hand, they are keys in one table that refers to a primary key in another table. So for example, an orders detail table may have a column of order IDs, but the order IDs are not necessarily the primary key of the order details table. The primary key of the orders detail table may be the orders detail ID, and the order's ID are a foreign key that exists in the order's detail table for the sole purpose of externally referencing the order's table to the order's detail table. So I know that sounds confusing. So if you need to wrap your head around it, go back and listen to what I said again and kind of write out the relationship. If you write it out and you kind of like see how things connect, that would be a little bit more helpful. So I've also mentioned previously that tables relate to each other by linking them up through different qualifications. And there are t- three types of relationships. There is one to one, one to many, and many to many. So in a one to one relationship, one record from one table will connect to exactly one record in another table. In a one to many, one record in one table will refer to many records in another table. And an example of that, like let's say lisinopril, right? It's on the drug table, but lisinopril can refer to many lisinopril orders from different patients in the orders table. So just like looking at lisinopril on the drug table, you're gonna see it connect to multiple records in the orders table. So the last one is tricky, which is called many-to-many relationship. These typically need to have a middle table to kind of link into for getting an answer. So I'm going to try to give you an example, but it may not, it may still be a little bit confusing. So a collection of lab orders are ordered on a multitude of patients who are admitted to the ICU. The many-to-many relationship would be all the lab orders and all the patients, So the middle link would be the commonality that these are all ICU patients and therefore the lab orders need to connect over to the ICU table to find the patients that qualify and then pull back all the patient info on the patient table. So finally, the last thing I want to mention are indexes. So when you're pulling data from a giant table with thousands and thousands of records, it may take a a lot of processing power. In the system, there are indexes that are in the tables to make it more efficient. Imagine you have a phone book, right? And you're looking up someone's name. If you didn't have like an index or the ability to shortcut into the specific part of that phone book, you're going to take a long time. It's going to take a very long time to go through line by line and find that person. But phone books have indexes and these are, you know, the, the alphabet is pretty much the index. So you would go straight to the letter of the alphabet. That is the, the where the name starts with. And that will, that will save you some time avoiding the rest of the letters of the alphabet. And then you can find your desired record at that specific spot. So I know that that was a lot of information, but re-listen to the episode if you aren't able to catch some of that information the first time through and search more about these terms on Google or any of your other like search engines because there's a lot of great free resources online that go into details of all of these terms. Sometimes it's better to actually practice to understand rather than just hearing me talk about it. But hopefully you learned something on today's episode. All right, if you guys like this episode, you guys can subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also follow us on social media on Twitter or Facebook at Pharmacy ITME or Instagram at Pharmacy Informatics, or you can email me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. Also, I want to plug a great networking opportunity. You heard me say this, and I'm going to say it again. Pharmacist Connect, if you are familiar with Slack workspaces, Pharmacist Connect is a vetted workspace, which includes anyone that has a lot of license, a pharmacy license, pharmacy intern license. So it's a networking opportunity. There's channels for different specialties like informatics or innovation and things like that. So it's a really good place, and I met a lot of great colleagues on it. So check it out. It's uh, pharmacistconnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is a tool, patient care is the goal.